You're listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Pool Boy Podcast. Steve here, and on this episode, Bob and I had the chance to speak to someone with a great story. That's Adam Barrett, who is back in the pool. So let's have a listen to what he had to say. Well, we saw the England team for the Commonwealth Games being announced uh, a week or so ago. And amongst those names, we were very happy to see on that list, Adam Barrett. And I'm delighted to say he joins us today on the Pool Boy Podcast. Adam, welcome. Nice to have you here. Uh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, we have to start there with that Commonwealth Games team and say congratulations on uh, on your selection for Birmingham. Do you, did you go to trials with that as an aim? Were you expecting to be able to meet those times and, and maybe get that nod? Um, I mean, I think when did the times originally come? Maybe a little under a year ago. It would have been about maybe June, July last year. I just I saw that they were the, saw the times, saw that um, you know there was a potential to qualify really on the fifty fly, um, which is, hasn't really been a uh, an avenue in this country for a long, long time. Um, I saw the time. I thought uh, you know that's certainly certainly doable. Um, so sort of focus switched to that post Christmas and I thought come on let's see if we can get on the team because that'd be a it'd be real nice to swim in front of a home crowd at Birmingham um and you know fortunately enough managed to just sneak under the the time and uh, get myself on the team how hard Adam has it been knowing what you knew and the fact that you were on the team having to keep it quiet it's a bit like um an OB <laughs> or an MB is it because you knew well before the team was actually announced yeah yeah we knew we knew a little bit a little bit in advance so you just got to um, be smart I've learned over the years you know don't don't jump the gun on these things just take time everyone will find out eventually so just be relaxed about it and um, don't don't spill the beans so to speak well you kind of alluded to it to it there that you saw the times and and that was a you know maybe a prompt to to start thinking about your swimming again a bit more seriously but if we take a step back I mean people will know you were on the GB team uh, 2014, 2015, you know, some Commonwealth Games in Glasgow and, and put in some, uh, you know, pretty strong relay performances in particular. Um, and then you swam through until I think 2017, um, you know, at a, at a sort of national, you know, cusp of international level, if you like. Um, and then stepped away from, from, from swimming, you know, at a high level anyway. Is that, is that pretty much how it, how it panned out for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there was lots of circumstances to why I, um, stopped in the first place um like you say there i sort of came onto the scene 2014 had some pretty pretty strong performances that year um then sort of for a couple of years there in between things didn't 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 quite click um you know struggled a little bit with just i don't know what it was really um but things weren't clicking um sort of culminating in 2016 miss, missing out on the olympic team which was a big 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 blow really um but then sort of made a few adjustments and changes post that trials um, and sort of found, found my groove again a little bit. Um, obviously, then I think that summer I went away and I swam at all the uh, the World Cups, um, certainly the European legs anyway. Um, and then I found sort of what I was looking for, you know, um, some strong short course performances, which has always been my, my strength really. Um, opposed to, to long course always a decent long course swimmer but really short course was what I, where I shined um, and sort of 
the reason I stopped essentially was I I thought I should have been selected for the 2017 European Short Course Championships. I'd been ranked number one in Europe for 100 fly short course for like two seasons. And I even expressed my interest. I said, please, I'd love to go. I think it's a great opportunity for me. You know, I think I should win gold, really, if I was to be selected. And uh, I wasn't selected. So I sat back and I thought, well, you know, realistically, that might have been my only shot at winning an individual gold medal on an international stage. I haven't got the opportunity to do that. So what, what am I doing? You know, why am I putting all this time and effort in if I'm not going to be sort of offered the opportunities, you know, I feel I deserve in that respect. There was other opportunities I didn't deserve, which is fair enough. I'm more than happy to accept not being selected for that. But, you know, at the time I was quickest by over half a second on a hundred flight short course in Europe. And to not have the opportunity to do that was was a bit of a kick, really. Um, and as soon as the team was announced, I pretty much stopped the next day, <laughs> perfectly honest. And I was like, it was a bit maybe petty um, on my on my account, but I just didn't see any avenue for success. Um, so, you know, I decided then and there, that's it for me. Um, and didn't really look back at all, to be honest. Um, I just went straight into to work like two days after and... Didn't even really think about swimming until about 2021, to be honest with you. What kind of reasons or feedback did you get from the powers that be about why you weren't selected or why you weren't in their plans? Zero. Zero. No interaction no, no, at all? No, no, no. I mean, I I was in contact beforehand saying, stating my desire to go. I said, please, I think it'd be a great opportunity. Um, and it was, well, you'll be in our thoughts and then I didn't have any contact with anybody leading up to the, the selection, the selection of the team. And what, what really bummed me out was, you know, I think they took about eight people. Now, I, I understand, you know, there's lots of costs involved in these sort of things, but, you know, that's a tiny team. You're saying there's not one more extra place on there for someone who actually wants to go and do that thing? I, I'd, and it's not like I was not good enough to do it you know um i thought i was in a position where that was something i could you know get, get a medal for great britain in but i guess they didn't see the value in that well okay put it this way were you viewed as a a short course swimmer and b a sprinter because you know you know there's kind of there's a bit of a downer if, 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 if you're not a multi-eventer sometimes there's a bit of a downer on that and people yeah, say you're a bit, I, I you're guess, a bit, you know, a bit I mean, kind of one-dimensional. We've always used short course swimming in this country as a um, stepping stone for the long course events. And, I, you know, I can understand that. Uh, everything British swimming do is focused on the Olympics because that's what most of their funding and their support is based on. So it's understandable that most of their development is geared towards getting the best possible team for that. And, and in you know, the past years, you know, they've had some fantastic results. But for me, I'm looking at that. And to a degree, you know, maybe even some people can feel a little bit hard done by on for selections for Worlds this year. Just because it's not an Olympic event, it doesn't mean it doesn't have value. 
and it certainly has value to an individual swimmer. Now, there's, not, there's nothing to say by sending me there, having the positive experience, maybe winning a medal. You don't know what that's going to do for someone. You know, you don't know from then on how that's going to affect everything else in their life. You know, riding a wave of, you know, doing that and the positive impact of that for someone, it, it could be massive. But then to not have the, even the opportunity to do that, I mean, just must be crushing. Well, I, I, you know, I found it crushing and it must be crushing to other swimmers who don't get that opportunity. You know, it's, it's similar to situations where I think there's sort of people who have been, could have had a chance of winning or getting into world finals in long course events. And, you know, just because they're non-Olympic, they're not even given the, the choice. And if the teams were full and you had like a 36 person team and they didn't make the cut, you know, you can hold your hands up, you can say, okay, they're focused on that, they've got the people to fill the spots, but, you know, when teams aren't full and you're not taking people who can fill these gaps, that's where I, I struggled a lot with it, personally. Well, you won't have been the, the only person to have, have experienced no, that, I'm no. sure. Um, but, you know, that that was a blow for you, as you've just, you know, if you've just said, and then you practically switched off swimming overnight um and, and did something else you know for that for that period for those couple of years i mean your name pops up now and then in in the regional championships and masters and, and things like that so we did were you still just swimming a little bit for yourself well I, I i went straight into coaching um so i was still involved in in swimming at a much lower level um sort of age group um local club and i'm still there now i'm actually the head coach of the club um that i was just joining well, about four or five years ago. Um, so it's been a good, good, good step up for me in that respect. But I, I always just kept myself fit and healthy. So, uh, you know, I didn't swim for, you know, a good six, seven months. And then, you know, I was just going maybe once every two weeks, something like that, just, just to keep, just for exercise. No, nothing, nothing else, just to keep myself fit. Obviously, I was doing other stuff as well to stay, stay in shape. Um, but, you know, it was, there was a couple of times maybe... A couple of years after I'd stopped, um, we, we we had like county championships. I thought, ah, you know what, I'll just enter. Bit of fun. It'd be good to just race some of the kids I I coach, you know. And I, I swam swam pretty pretty well considering, um, you know, fifty fly something like that. Um, and I thought just, that was when maybe the first thought crept into my mind. It was like, oh, not really doing a lot, and I swam all right there. Maybe there's, but then you're always weighing it up because you have to put a lot of time in to swim, don't you? I mean, it's it's practical knowledge that, and the the time versus financial reward because you know you have to support yourself um, was never there. So I was sitting there. I'd have the thought maybe maybe I'll come back, but then you're like, well, the chances of me actually being able to support myself are extremely minute, you know. So it's not a realistic avenue and then it wasn't till wasn't until obviously um all the isl stuff started kicking off um and i didn't really pay much attention to it maybe the first first year um it wasn't until like the second season was coming to a close it sort of i sort of got wind of a lot of you know sort of what athletes were being paid um or not paid <laughs> in some respects um and um so that was when the real thought properly came back into my head about coming back. So you've got these two, these two things. You've got 
so Commonwealth Times come out in in 2021, and you think well, those look achievable, and then there's the the possibility of going into the ISL as well. And it's those two things together that kind of made your mind up, was it? Well, if I'm perfectly honest, it was entirely the ISL. I, I almost had no intention of coming back and swimming long course. I, I, I thought, you know, leave that to the people who want to do that. I'm more than happy to swim short course. That's what I enjoy more. That's what, you know, I'm, I'm better at. Um, and, you know, I, I was extremely fortunate to be included in the ISL when I was. Um, you know, they took a massive punt on me. And I just hope I did enough for them to, to, to repay that, to be honest. Um, but that was the main reason I came back, ISL, to be honest. So how, how did that conversation with you and Kev Brooks originate? Um, well, I actually previously swam at Wickham for about a month and a half before I stopped. I came back from Loughborough summer 2017. Um, which is where I was for five, six, seven, a long time, basically. Um, and I live in Reading. So it was the closest sort of club I could join that had the facilities that I needed. So I jumped in with Kev for about a month and a half. Then obviously, like I said, as soon as the team was announced, I was like, sorry, Kev, I'm done. Um, and then I called him up. I'd obviously because I've been coaching, I, I see him every now and again at competitions, just always kept in contact. Um, and then I, I gave him a ring um, when I decided and thought, you know, is this something you'd be interested in in doing? Um, you know, obviously I, I can't really do what your your guys are doing. Um, it needs to be a little bit different. Um, is there any way we can sort of figure something out to, to make that happen? And he was very supportive, sort of, you know, since then helped me out every which way he can. And uh, it's, it's been going, it's going pretty well since, to be honest. He, he tells me you pretty much do your own sets and your own programs. You sort out what you want to do. Yeah, I wasn't sure if maybe uh, he told you that or not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I essentially just write everything myself. Um, every session I write, I program everything myself. Um, and then Kev sort of facilitates the space and the environment for me to be able to do that. Um, you know, it, I'm at an age now where I, I know what I need to be doing. You know, I, I feel like I've got that experience and that knowledge um, to be able to know what's best for me. So he's been brilliant enough to let me do that because I know there's a lot of coaches out there that wouldn't let that happen. Have you made any tweaks or changes to what you've done? Um, what do you mean, since coming back or since? Since, since coming back, I mean, I mean your, your body's changed. Oh, massively. Your... Yeah, massively so, massively so. I mean, you know, I, the, th the thing I the thing is as well, I, I have a lot of time constraints because I'm still working. Um, and because um, I work at a swimming club, a lot of the times where I could train at Wickham Clash. So it's just constantly about finding the right time and place to fit sessions in and do things. So everything I do is adaptable. It has to be. Otherwise, you know, some days we, we get a call from the pool at Wickham because there's a session where I can get in a little bit early and usually scheduled to do like some quality work. Um, and sometimes they don't have like lifeguards. <laughs> so it gets cancelled and immediately there my whole week changes. Um, so it's just about figuring out how, how it can be adaptable, how it can be interchangeable while still getting everything I need done. And yeah, I've massively had to 
change what I was doing compared to what I did before. It's it's no, it, you know, everything I do is way more specific to me as a person now, rather than being specific to the squad I was part of. So, you know, maybe the yardage in that respect isn't as high as it used to be, but the quality and the intensity of work where it needs to be is always as key and as high as it's ever needed to be, to be honest. How much of that had you been doing before you, you went to, to ISL? I mean, you put yourself in the draft and you didn't get you didn't get picked up through that process and then and obviously, you know, energy as you say, took a bit of a punt. But I mean how how much training had you been doing in a in a probably more focused way rather than just keeping fit um before you actually went to, to Naples? So I'm just trying to remember. I got back in, I think around, well, it was all based on when lockdowns stopped. So I think officially got back in the pool around this time last year. It would have been, a. I, I, do you know what? I, I even think it could have been to the day. I think it was like the 21st of May. Um, people over 18 could get back in a swimming club environment. Um, I think I'd done a couple of weeks maybe before that on my own in a public pool. But that's when I, I got back in. So what's that? Um, June, mm. July, or maybe three to three and a half months of work I'd had in the pool before going to Naples. And, and how did that work? Did you, I mean, I'm assuming you you know James from your time at Loughborough. So did, did you go to him and say, look, I can do a job for you? Or did he phone you up and go, do you fancy it? Um, well, I mean, the second the draft ended, um, he messaged me straight away as soon as it ended. Um, said do you want to do it I was like hell yeah I want to do it um, you know I, I I worked with James for three and a half years at Loughborough and we had some fantastic um, results uh, uh, you know it tailed off a little bit towards the end I don't think really that was anyone's fault it was just situation wasn't right um, we hadn't really kept in touch and I was quite surprised when he he messaged me um, but all the thanks to him for doing it because he gave me that second chance um, and you know I can't thank him enough for that really So how did it feel going from you know fitting sessions in in public sessions and working around the kids you're coaching and everything to sitting in a room or on a pool deck with all these people who've come almost straight from Tokyo Yeah it was it was it was good it felt I don't know it felt like I was back where I wanted to be a little bit um I felt very, I don't know, it, it, it felt comfortable, if I'm perfectly honest. I felt, you know, I, I still knew a lot of the people, really, from when I was swimming before. There was a lot of people around who I still knew. So it was just really nice to be able to reconnect with these people who I hadn't spoken to in, you know, four years, really. Because I pretty much just, like I said, I just dropped off the map of swimming in a day um, and sort of didn't really keep in contact with a lot of people, to be honest with you. Um, but I'll tell you what, the, the first swim I did in Naples, you know, we did the, I was part of the relays, did the first one and got out and thought to myself, oh God, I made a mistake here. <laughs> I, was, I was hurting a lot. I did one, I did a hundred freestone relay and I, I thought to myself, oh God, that, that hurt way too much. I'm going to do another one in like 20 minutes. So I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, but managed to managed to get it done, and sort of what I found then from then on is every swim I did, I just felt a little bit little bit better. You know, I, I hadn't raced for four years, and it was just a shock to the system, I think. And 
everyone I did, I was just able to fine tune a little bit more and felt a little bit better afterwards. Um, so, you know, that first one was a shock though, <laughs> I tell you. And, and again, how, how did you find the intensity of that? Because it's, it's repeat, 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 isn't it? ISO, you don't get much of a break in that. I loved it, to be honest with you. I thought it was great. I think, um, I think one of the things I always found quite hard um, with swimming, especially with the long course swimming, is when you're always prepare, preparing for like, you know, one or two meets a year. So you don't really get the opportunity to race well that often. Um, and then obviously if things haven't gone well and you, you have an off swim, you know, all that preparation for one swim that hasn't gone well. Whereas at the ISL, the, almost the intensity of those back-to-back -back swims forced you to get into gear and fine tune. I think obviously that's something you can really only do with short course swimming because with the long course, you do need that, you know, that big block of work to be able to do it. Whereas short course lends itself more to the racing, allowing you to facilitate yourself a, li a little bit more comfortably. And, um, you know, but I mean, by the end, the last race we did was, was a little bit tiring, but you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it to be honest with you. It's, it, it, I've said it to a couple of people. It harkens back to like when you used to do like arena or a speedo league when you're a kid, you don't really think about it. You just get in, you do all these races, don't swim down in between when you're a kid. You do obviously when you're, when you're older, you know, and you, you're going quick every time. Um, and I just think that whole environment with, with that and then the whole team aspect of it just, just really helps. I'm perfectly honest. Well, for me anyway. Skins? For me anyway. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about skins? Well, it's funny. I I I, I always thought to myself, that'd be something I'm quite. I, I, me previously, when I used to swim, I think would have really been able to perform well in them. Um, I thought oh, I'd love to have a go at them, and luckily I did at the end. Um, Corblam! I did the second one. I was thinking, bloody hell, this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was quite smooth and then afterwards I was like ah so this is why everyone's keeling over and hurting after them. <laughs> yeah uh, it was a it was a bit of a bit of a shock that second one I tell you yeah but I, I'd certainly love to to do it again yeah uh, now that I've got an idea of what it feels like and of course energy champions as well so you, you know you you've got the the win at the end and and the the deciding race fly skins Adam Barrett, fourth place, yeah. second round, and that was the clincher. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, you know, fairy tale yeah. comeback. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was quite surreal, really, for me. Obviously, I I got the, the, the final points, but really the bulk of the work was done by everybody else in the team. I mean, we had some absolutely fantastic swimmers that were able to to get us that victory in the end, to be honest with you. Um, I was just a small part of that and managed to do my, my part at the end there. Um, to get us over the line, um, which, you know, like you say, couldn't have really dreamed that I would have been in that situation three or four months ago. Um, but, uh, you know, that was always the plan. When James spoke to me about coming on, he said, you know, we're, we're going to start you off as a relay only swimmer and then hopefully build you into the, the meet as we go, like all the way through to the final sort of thing. And that, that, that's, that's what we did. And, um, you know, it worked out. So coming off the back of, of the ISL then, no, just before Christmas, um, you, you, you'd said a minute ago that, that that was what got you back in. Um, that's when your, your focus flipped to saying, well, I've got this 
12 weeks whatever of racing and training and what have you behind me now I should have a go at Commonwealth Games or is it not as simple as that? Um, I think I always initially viewed if I managed to go to Commonwealths it was going to be a, like a nice bonus um, that kind of changed obviously when the announcement that the ISL was postponed for a year um, sort of almost on a dime had to switch my my way of thinking is like ah okay actually I probably need to qualify for this now because otherwise the rest of the year is looking pretty empty um, so I think that was what March February time yeah. it was quite quite late um, obviously I'd still been doing all the work preparing for it but it, the the focus really had to switch um, quite close to trials really to be honest with you so you were so you were focusing on the original season dates for for ISL and trials was just a a bonus yeah to be honest yeah so you you got to trials you you know you you swam I think a a lifetime best in the 53 if I'm if I've got the numbers right yeah I mean yeah 53 was it's it's just something I've been kind of playing around a little bit with to be honest with you Uh, the 50 fly was always the focus 53 style um I think always before it used to clash with hunter fly so when I years ago ne- never used to swim it, um, but I thought, ah, look, we're coming back. You're training really for a fifty fly long course. It's quite interchangeable, um, but never really done it or have the sort of you know muscle memory of being able to swim a fifty freestyle long course. So, sort of learning as I go, really, with that event, and managed to get a little little PB. Um, at trials, which was nice, which was nice at this age, I tell you, they don't come. Yeah, I, I think you're downplaying it a bit, especially. Uh, I'm, I'm sure certain Ben Prouds are listening to this and going and gnashing his teeth, hearing you saying that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, they're, they're obviously we had a couple of guys swimming quite quick on the 50 um, this year. Obviously, it was it Lewis mm-hmm. obviously popped on the scene, swam fantastically well. Um, so uh, you know, it's nice to see that progression in these sort of events in our country now whereas before it's almost sort of an afterthought you are seeing these people come through in these events and you know challenging on a big international stage hopefully problem has been isn't it on the 53 that we've always had one good person at one time we've yeah. had mark foster and we've had ben we never seem to have two or three do we we haven't for the most part had had that kind of competition no there was that year where you had adam brown as well um, but I think it was only for maybe a year and a half, two year period. Um, so, you know, hopefully now you've got a couple of guys um, up there at a real high standard that can hopefully raise the level of everybody else a little bit. Um, and, you know, that, that that's... Because in Britain, we haven't really got that depth. We, we, we have a lot of quality, you know. There's some events where we have got the depth. Obviously, the 200 freestyles... Huge, the depth there is incredible but you you look across the board the depth throughout we, you know we haven't got eight guys or eight girls in events close to qualifying you know like maybe maybe america and australia don't have eight but they've certainly got a cup a few more than us i think really that's something as a country and as a team would be you know something they need to look towards i think a little bit because eventually all these top guys we have are going to, you know, fade away and retire. And it's about having those people behind them um, then to push on through and, 
take the place, to be honest. Do, do you feel then that we don't perhaps have the legacy that we should do with some of the big events? Well, I'm looking at more distance freestyle than I'm sure freestyle, but at the moment we're struggling at four, eight and 15, both men's and women's, which have traditionally been very strong yeah, events yeah, for us. They've traditionally been the better events for us, haven't they? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think in this country we don't do enough to keep a certain section of swimmer. Um, the swimmer who is maybe between the ages of 23 and 27, who has shown a lot of promise, but maybe hasn't quite had the right environment to push on to the next stage, or has at some point pushed on and maybe hasn't then found a way to maintain that. You know, you don't become a bad swimmer overnight. You don't. Um, you know, I've taken four years out and I'm not too far off what I used to be, you know? So it, it's it's about finding a way to keep these people in the sport and not just sort of tossing them to the side because they've had one bad year or, you know, they maybe have been 0.3 off qualifying for something for two years in a row, you know, whereas they qualified for something the year before. Just because they haven't quite done it doesn't mean they're not capable and I think we we put a lot of emphasis on potential um of younger swimmers you know which is which is good we need that but there's nothing to say that even with all that potential they're ever gonna be able to outcompete those people who you're sort of brushing aside and maybe the support for those sort of swimmers may just give them that extra push they need to maintain themselves in the sport, carry on and then see what happens. I think you're seeing nowadays in a lot of sports, age doesn't really matter as much. You know, obviously I'll use football as an example. You've got people who are 37 or even in swimming, you've got people who are like 40, still competing at the highest level. I think we're too quick to cast someone aside because of their because of their age, because they've hit 25 and you think, ah, you know, the graphs say that they're never going to get any better, which I personally don't agree with. Um, um, and I think that's what, that's why you don't see the depth because there's no prospects or support for those sort of swimmers. So they get to a sort of breaking point where it's like, like I, like I was at, where it's like, well, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I can't, can't put food on the table. But I'm training eight, nine times a week. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. It's, the, it's something like the ISL, and I know it has its financial issues. Is that part of the yeah. answer? Well, person, personally for me, yes. I think there needs to be more stuff like that where, you know, you're, you're, you're paid first. You know, you're, you're paid to... Obviously, there's issues with the payments. We all know that. Um, I'm talking... Theoretic, yeah. theoretically, you know, um, you know, you get you get the basic wage first, and then everything else is topped up from you know performances. Whereas, almost, you at the moment you have to be really good first to get any reward. And I understand you have to be at a certain level to be supported. You know, I'm not saying just give it to anybody. All right, but you know. You shouldn't almost have to bank everything on you winning a medal at a major competition to have support. 
because anything can happen you know especially at the moment well I mean we're sort I'd like to hope we're through the, the worst of it but you know any athlete could go to Worlds this summer and get COVID two weeks before so then they don't have the opportunity then to, to swim now you'd like to think they take that into consideration but I think it would be very much athlete dependent whether they would or not and if you're someone who's sort of on the up up and coming and you know you don't get that opportunity you know you know I'm talking very hypothetical and you know but but these things can happen anything can happen and you know that that can have major impact on an athlete going forward and I think just having that support and knowing you've got people backing you um, rather than it feeling like they're doing you a favor um, you're doing them a favor um, and you're getting reward because of that. I, I think that's where everything needs to change, in my opinion. I mean, you wouldn't have anything without the athletes. And I almost think they're taken for granted a little bit in some respects. Any improvements or any change you would make to the ISL to make it more athlete beneficial? Well, I mean, um, there's, there is the big one, but uh, I think it's been spoken to death um, about the payments and stuff look there's there's a lot of other issues going on at the moment mm. um and we're all aware of that and i think we all just have to you know be understanding of that um and hopefully now they've got these new guys coming in um to help with everything i think you know going forward as long as people are paid on on time i think you know it's great i th i think with the isl you obviously want it to see it grow you want to see more teams getting involved. When you've got more teams involved, you, you've got more spaces for swimmers. Um, you know, you, you've got what, 10 teams at the moment. You know, there's, there's nothing to say that down the line that can be 20 teams. You know, and then you've got a massive sort of league format similar to that where you have in other sports and you have a winner at the end based on, based on that, to be honest. I think that that's the way, that's the way sport is going in general. And, you know, if we're going to get exposure to things like swimming, it can't just be every four years at the Olympics. You have to have something going on a regular basis that people can get behind and attach themselves to. And when you have things like teams, people can attach themselves to that. And I think it will be better when you can start getting fans there and to watch it because that's that's how you, you, you get it. You know, I remember when I was younger, like going to sporting events and you attach yourself to those things when you're a kid. And hopefully there's a, there'll be a new generation coming through that have that attachment. But we, but we do, don't we have to make it attractive to that audience and tap into a potential that's not there yet. I yeah. mean, the swimming audience will watch swimming, yeah. but you need to bring people into the sport who aren't already there. Mm. And you've got to find, I mean, for my experience, Duel in the Pool was, was one of the greatest experiences of my life in terms of commentary because yeah. it was an event and we were close with the Americans. It was a fantastic event. And it threw the Sky Sports schedules out because we overran and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, this is what swimming's about, right? Yeah. It's excitement, it's racing, it's competition, it's our version of the Ryder Cup or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to see how you replicate that across ISL or any other competition for that matter. No, no you know, it's, it's difficult. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say swimming's the most exciting sport in the world because in some respects you know you go to a competition and you're watching 10 heats of 200 breaststroke or 1500 it, it can be a little bit draining um 
so it's finding ways to make it more exciting you know like like the jackpot system which i know some people aren't a fan of um personally i think it makes things quite quite entertaining um you know you got the skins which i think is what people really really enjoy watching but you know i remember doing skins when i was like 14 15 year old uh, like just a, a random meet so it's been a part of swimming for ages, but no one's really capitalising on it and using these things to get the excitement um, excitement factor involved. Um, and I think that there is a lot of scope for it. You just got to find the right way to do it. Well, it's a big a big subject and uh, one I don't think we're going to solve right now. But but yeah, plenty that yeah. can be done to uh, to make things more more attractive and, and to broaden out the appeal. Um, let's come back to what. What you're doing next, Adam? I mean, you're off to Mare Nostrum in, in Barcelona uh, next week's part of the preparation for Birmingham. Looking forward to getting out and getting some international racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really looking forward to it. Um, that was the one thing, other thing I found when I was away. I, I really do enjoy that that international racing side of things as opposed to um, you know your local meet meet here. I think I don't know if it's just the feel or you know the fact that you're racing people from another country. But it always it always just feels a little bit special and a little bit different. Um, you know, it helps get that little bit more out of you. I feel, um, and you know, the Manostrums are, are great fun. And I think I had a look at the program, and it's absolutely stacked. You know, everyone's there, so it's going to be a real good, real good meet to to go and do. And a good way to measure your your progress of your comeback, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, um, be nice to to see where I'm at. Um, Obviously, the, the the big focus is commies um, at the start, of, uh, end of July. End of July we start, isn't it? 29th, I think mm. it kicks off. Um, so just prep and seeing how things are, are going leading up to that. Obviously, obviously, you qualified in the in the 50 fly. Has there been any talk about the possibility of getting a getting a go in the 53 as well? You know, as the as the third place. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's if it's confirmed or not yet, but we're I'm hoping that I will be able to do that. I mean. I can't see why not uh, third at trials. So I would like to think I'm in pole position to do that if I wanted to, but you, you never know. You never know. You never know with these things. Do you? You just got to just got to go with it and see what see what happens. Well, at least they're talking to you this time, which is good. Yeah. Well, Team England have always been great. <laughs> and uh, and in Birmingham, do you have any? Have you set yourself any targets, or do you just want to go and swim well? And and what will be will be. I, you know. Honestly, I kind of thought experiences like this were done for me. Um, so to even have the opportunity to to do it again, it sounds cliche, but like it's just it's just a bonus. And I, I just want to go there and sort of give the best account of myself that I know I can do. Um, you know, uh, so I'm not necessarily saying I want to do this, I want to do this. You know, I really just want to go in and swim the swim I know I'm capable of doing. Um, and you know hopefully that leads to something positive um, but I'll just have to wait and see well we will uh, at this point wish you all the best for your preparations hope you can dodge your way around the public lanes uh, on your <laughs> on your way to Birmingham and uh, and say Adam thanks very much for joining us really really interesting conversation uh, pleasure thank you for having me well that's all for this episode of the Pool Boy podcast we'll be back with you in a few weeks when we'll be looking forward to the World Championships uh, can't wait for those to come around uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple please do leave us a rating we'd really appreciate it 
Uh, and if you want to get in contact in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Poolboy, on Instagram or Facebook at Poolboy UK, or you can send an email from poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact. Until we're with you again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Poolboy podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.